You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. En este episodio de Gigantes Podcast con el coach Nick Ortiz y su servidor Erwin Higueros, vamos a conversar con el manager de los gigantes Gabriel Kapler, mejor conocido como Gabe O'Camp. La temporada 2022 marca el inicio de su tercera temporada con el equipo de la Bahía. En este episodio, además de otros temas, vamos a conversar con él del por qué fue tan importante grabar en español la campaña con ganas y cómo nació esa conexión con los peloteros latinos. A continuación, Gigantes Podcast. En esta edición de Gigantes Podcast con Nico Ortiz y Erwin Higueros, contamos con nuestro invitado especial, Gabe Kapler. Gabe, uh, first of all, thank you very much for allowing us this time to talk to you. No, thank you very much, Erwin. I'm really glad to talk to both you and Nick. It's, it's exciting. Obviously, I care so much about Nick and the work that he's doing, and I know you're doing great work in the community as well, so happy to, happy to have this opportunity. So, we have so many topics to talk about, but... Let's talk about something kind of, you're the eighth youngest manager in MLB right now. Have you ever thought about what that means? Um, well, I remember several years ago, obviously taking my first job as, as the Phillies manager in 2018. Um, I was, you know, even younger at that point, right? And so um, these jobs, there are very few of them. I feel very fortunate to, to have um, one of the best jobs in baseball and managing the San Francisco Giants. I don't think all that often about like um, how old I am relative to some of my peers. I'll say that I, Rocco Baldelli is one of my close friends. I know um, he's one of the younger managers out there. And um, I've been around the game my whole adult life. So I think about it more from an experience standpoint from, than an age standpoint. Does it make it easier being young to be able to relate to today's baseball player? Um, I, I think so, but I think it's more a mindset than anything else. I mean, I think you're, you could be in your 70s, and if you have the right mindset where you um, believe players and you, uh, you want to hear from them and you, you put their needs and um, their beliefs up on the same level as your own, I think that allows you to relate to players. So I don't think that it's an, an age thing. I don't think it's an experience thing. I think it's just a mindset thing. Here with the Giants, uh, throughout the years, we've been trying to establish our own voice within the Hispanic community. This year, the Giants have a new slogan, Game Up, and we came up with our own, Con Ganas. So we originally approached it to do the voice in English, but you wanted to do it in Spanish. Can you explain to us why was that so important for you? Uh, sure. I think, um, obviously, have a lot of experience with Nick in many of these conversations. It's very important to me. Um, and in particular in our clubhouse that our native Spanish-speaking players, our, our players from Latin America, um, feel the same level of respect and have all of the same resources that our native English-speaking players do. Um, I think one of the ways to demonstrate that, that care is to, whenever you know, we can, is to, to speak to some degree or another in their native language. It doesn't mean that we have to be good at it. It just means that we have to try and we have to practice. Um, and I think that that goes a long way towards relationship building in the San Francisco community, um, in the baseball community. I know that we have a lot of Spanish speaking listeners and, and fans of our 
um, of our team. I really want to connect with those fans and I want to hear from those fans and the things that they, they care about so that I can be a better leader in the clubhouse and in the community. How much uh, did you have to practice uh, before you boys the Congana spot? I just had good leadership and good people around me helping me um, have the correct pronunciation of many of the of the phrases and, and words and um, I, I can read so that's helpful like I can read I can read the words off a, off a page and um, I, I was very invested in that and I also had a lot of fun with it the other thing is I personally think Spanish is a beautiful language it's a very romantic language and it's a very interesting language so any chance I have to to uh, be a part of that I think it's uh, it's cool yeah have you um, had any feedback from the land players in regards to the Congana spot or within the community I've heard, I've heard a little bits and pieces. I mean, Nick, Nick was complimentary. Others have been complimentary that, um, I think they, um, I think a lot of our Spanish speaking players were appreciative that I, that I, um, gave that, that level of effort. I haven't had any sit down conversations with them about it. Sometimes when that stuff is playing, um, in the ballpark, I just like kind of want to go hide somewhere <laughs> because it's like, you know, you hear your, your own voice over a loudspeaker system in the stadium. And, and for me, especially when I'm in the dugout and other players are around, I just kind of want to blend. Um, but that's, you know, that's the job is, is sort of being a front man and having, having that voice and um, gotten good feedback from players to answer your question directly. Talking about our uh, Spanish culture, we, um, we know you're, um, you're an off-season traveler. You like to travel to um, different places. You've traveled to many Spanish communities. Um, what is the country that you've traveled the most on, and can you share some of the experiences with us? Uh, sure. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico over the years, so I would say that's first and, and foremost. Um, in Cabo, in, in the southern parts of Mexico, in some of the, the border cities that are closer to Los Angeles where I grew up, like uh, Tijuana and, and Ensenada. I've also spent a good amount of time in, in the Dominican Republic traveling uh, for baseball. As the Dodgers farm director, I spent plenty of time traveling back and forth to the facility in, in Los Angeles. And I went there uh, with the Phillies. I've spent some time there with the Giants. And I've traveled on my own within the Dominican Republic. I've also spent a little bit of time in, in Puerto Rico. Um, Obviously, like, you know, different countries have different feels. Puerto Rico is a, a special, a special situation. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me and have, um, I've had an amazing experience in a, a town outside of Cabo San Lucas in, in Mexico um, that was uh, mind blowing. So, I mean, I've loved, I've loved that sort of travel and I've loved practicing the language as I've traveled as well. When I first met you, I obviously came over to introduce myself to you. I told you what I did. And one of the things that resonated with me, and I will never forget, was how you said to me that the Hispanic player was very important to you. That even though you felt that they spoke the English language, that you wanted to make sure that they understood the message in their own native language to make sure that nothing got lost in translation. Uh, where did that come from? I still feel like we don't do a good, good enough job. I think the industry does a terrible job at it, to be very frank. And I think we still have a long way to go. Um, I know what it feels like to be in somebody else's country and trying to get up to speed on all the things that you need to get up to speed on, uh, both from a baseball perspective and culturally. I played in Japan, um, which isn't perfectly analogous. It's not the same thing. Um, but you do, you do f tend to feel a little bit lost. You do tend to feel like 
the the players that it's their home country have advantages that you don't you don't have and you're trying your best to listen but things are going over your head all the time um, I feel like when we are in the right space, it will be completely equal across the board. We will be making as much effort for our native Spanish-speaking players, our players from Latin America, as we are for um, our American players. Sometimes I think as staff, as front offices, as baseball organizations, we just assume that, they're, that our players are getting all the information that they need, that they're not struggling to understand some of the cultural differences. That's bullshit. We know that that's bullshit. So we just have to own it and, and, and do better. And the only way we do better is by making a concerted effort. And a concerted effort is not just me by myself or any other one individual, but all of us collectively to ask the question, like, did that player really understand, you know, what I, what I just conveyed? Is there somebody else that I can bring into the room that will help him understand better? Is there a, a, somebody on our staff that can follow up? and ensure that nothing got lost in, tr in translation. Do our native Spanish speakers feel like they understand the culture here so that they can survive and thrive in the culture if they choose to? Not that they have to conform, not that they have to um, like be perfectly acclimated at any particular given time. But if they want to, they feel like they have the freedom to understand the culture completely. And I do think there are times when um, for for players that come from other countries where it can be intimidating and so it's on it's on us it's not on them to get up to speed it's not up to the players to get up to speed it's on us to help them obviously being in baseball you have been exposed to obviously players not understanding or not knowing any english but growing up in the la area in hollywood uh, any experiences that you remember, maybe going in high school, junior high, where you probably saw an English-speaking uh, student that didn't understand what was going on? Hard for me to say. What um, I went to um, two melting pot LAUSD city section schools, both for uh, middle school and then for high school. So the the communities were were very very mixed. It was a Persian community definitely a large um, Mexican community, uh, people from basically all over the world, a lot of different um, colors and styles and cultures in, in, my, in my city, in Los Angeles, and then also in my, my high school by extension. So I can't remember a time when um, I never feel like the most privileged people are, we have to be like catering to them. So the, the white English-speaking student at an LAUSD high school doesn't need extra catering or help. Not to say that we would need to ignore them, but it's, it's, they already have everything lined up for them to be successful, relatively speaking. So I think our efforts can go to the, the minority communities that, that, need, that need a little bit more help and that have, don't necessarily have all the doors open for them immediately. We need to be uh, opening those doors. When um, when did this happen for you to start caring about, uh, let me just use the word minorities, is this something that just all of a sudden happened or is it um, an influence from your parents? I think my people often ask me about like my, uh, my managerial influences, my baseball influences, and does it Joe Madden, did he have an impact on you or Terry Francona or Clint Hurdle or any of your teammates? I always say, yeah, a little bit, but it's my mother and father. Right, my mother and father, my brother, my aunts and uncles. Those are the people that were most influential in my life. 
my my mother and father were both activists they're civil rights activists so that influence um where perhaps um investing in in marginalized communities um that was very important to my mother and father and so that was the the most important influence for me i know nick had another question right nick well, yeah it's going back to your uh, to the manager standpoint uh at what time in your career did you think um you wanted to be a big league manager um i would say that um throughout my playing career because as a major league player i was always more of a, a role player so um my job was to be a good teammate my job was to be a, a a good listener but also to be prepared for any moment in the game so playing for the boston red sox um how was a defensive replacement for manny ramirez i um, was a base runner for manny ramirez i was in a platoon with trot nixon I was the right-handed side of the platoon. He was the left-handed side of the platoon. Um, when I got to Tampa Bay, I was more of like a platoon player, role player. I had to spend the entire game getting ready to come into a game. And this was as I was getting a little bit older as a player. So it was harder to get my body going and to stay ready for any situation in the game. And I recognized how valuable it was for me to be thinking along with the manager. So um, whether that was in Milwaukee and the manager was Ned Yost and myself and Craig Council or teammates, and he was a left-handed hitter, I was a right-handed hitter, and we needed to be ready for any moment. We would be standing on the step, our helmets on, waiting for Ned to make a decision about who was going to hit. We had to think through that before he thought through it. And to be honest, there were times when we, we were ahead of him. And so like that was something that was, was valuable. Like, and, and one of the things that I love when a player is like, they already know what, what's going to happen in the game. They don't need like Nick or, or Kai or anybody on our bench to be like, hey, be ready for this moment. They're already on top of it. So as I tried to be on top of it as a player, I recognized that that would be valuable um, as a manager, as a coaching staff. So it's the preparation that led me to be to want to want to do this job. I'll also say game management is it's the smallest part of this job. It is. I think people from the outside looking in think about and many, many managers run run their um, teams like this, where their job is like in the dugout at 645 or 705. It's not how I do my job. My main job is to be um, the manager of, of human beings, of people, help people be the best and most equipped versions of themselves. Um, that means being available to listen, being at the ballpark, just to have conversations throughout the day. Um, not necessarily because we have to get the perfect game strategy, although that that's really helpful. And then um, like these sort of conversations, part of my job is helping you do your job better helping you do your job better and at the end of the day if, if i can help people do their jobs better um, i think that's really the job of a major league manager i also want to take advantage as i have you to talk to us a little bit about your foundation pipeline for change mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit what is it well, the goal of pipeline for change is to put um, people of color members of the lgbtq plus community um, people from marginalized communities who don't have all of those doors open to them like a very very simply said or like a white wealthy male um and give them put them in positions where they're um in decision making authority positions in sports starting with baseball i believe that a more diverse group of decision makers in baseball and in sports makes for a better industry it makes for more competitive teams it makes for a better winning environment i think 
our coaching staff is, is a shining example of that. We have a woman on our staff. We have a, um, a woman from Venezuela on our, our analyst team. We have a Dominican coach in the dugout. We have a Puerto Rican coach in the dugout. Um, Kai Correa, our bench coach, is, has um, Hawaiian roots and Asian roots. Um, Tyra Uematsu is, um, you know, is a native Japanese speaker. Uh, I, I think that our coaching staff, Antoine Richardson, is from the Bahamas. He's our first base coach. We have a group of coaches that can represent a very eclectic and wide-ranging group of players, somebody for every player to connect with and, and have a conversation with. And I think we proved that that's a formula for win winning last year. We did not have the best roster on, on paper last year. I don't think that anybody would say that um, anybody predicted us to have the type of season that we had last year. One of the reasons that I think we did have that type of, is, of season is because we are a, di a diverse, different thinking coaching staff that was supportive for our players and, and helped them be the best version of themselves. When did you decide that you wanted to establish this foundation? Over the last couple of years, something that I've been thinking about pretty frequently. My, one of my close friends, also my uh, business partner and business manager, her name is Stephanie St. Um She and I have talked about this for years. Um, she is the executive director of the foundation. Um, she has hired and put a extraordinary team of individuals together to um, begin to build the social media side, to begin to provide grants for, for people in the community to, to um, get their career started and to get exposure um, so that we can send this message more clearly. She's done a great job. The rest of the team has done a great job and it's been in the works for several years now. No, I just want to add that all the uh, things that have been said here have been backed up by actions, you know, being part of this staff for the last three years. Um, I could see um, the importance of everybody being equal to Gabe Kapler here, here uh, with the Giants. So um, in my behalf and on behalf of the Latino players in the Latino community, we really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm grateful to have you, Nick, also. Um, and for your listeners, Nick has been great counsel for me from the very beginning and um, somebody that I deeply trust and and you know that like when I'm off doing my work Nick is off doing his work and um, just making our environment better and, and better better baseball players but also better people well este fue el manager de los gigantes Gabe Kapler gracias de nada thank you <laughs>